One of the challenges that I face in um, coming to speak at KT, apart from working with some of the staff here, that's very challenging, um, is um, they ask you for a title for your message so it can go out on the internet before the service. And um, I've never really given titles to my sermons because, well, I don't even know what I'm talking about. So how could anybody else? But um, the title I came up with was, um, It's Not Too Late to Make a New Year's Resolution. And I understand Pastor Colin changed it this morning to It's Not Too Late for a New Year's Revolution. Right, well, you're going to get the same message. But I will say this, that if we make the right resolutions, we will have a revolution. One comes before the other. So um, there we are. I managed to get out of that one. <laughs> Very good. I'd like to talk to you about Joshua this evening. Not the beginning of Joshua's life. We, we often hear people speak about his, his calling. He was Moses' assistant. He carried his bag for him, as we would say. He looked after him. And then, of course, when they entered the promised land, Moses wasn't allowed to go in the promised land. There was a level of God's discipline in Moses' life because of something that he did. And Joshua was given the opportunity to lead the children of Israel into the promised land. For if you're a visitor, may we say how pleased you are to be with us. And if you're listening online, that's even better that you're part of our service. But Joshua took over from Moses. And his task was to get the people through the Jordan, into the promised land, and to subdue the land. There was the Jericho. We have lots of stories from the... um, the taking of the land. And we know the great verses of, of to God said to Joshua, you know, I will be with you. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. But the story I'd like us to look at this evening for some moments is the towards the end of his life. Towards the end of his life. In fact, in the next chapter, he, he does go to be in the presence of the Lord. And at the end of his life, the children of Israel had taken the land. They're in the promised land. The Jerichos, they have been conquered. The enemies have been routed. The land is now theirs. And Joshua comes to them and he asks them if they would make a new commitment to God. They would renew their covenant with God. And I can't think of a better time than the month of January, particularly with our vision week coming up, for us to consider making a fresh covenant. Hence the words, it's not too late to make a New Year's resolution. Joshua came to the people having known the success, having achieved so much that he knew that if they were going to enjoy the blessing of the land, if they were going to be prosperous in the land, they would have to make sure God was in the right place in their lives. So let me read to you from Joshua Joshua 24. I'm going to read verse 1, then I'm going to move over to verse 14. Then Joshua assembled all the tribes of Israel at Sheshem. He summoned the elders, the leaders, the judges, the officials of Israel, and they presented themselves before the Lord. Let me pause there. That is the scene. When Joshua called the people together, this was not a business meeting. This was not an annual general meeting. This wasn't a cell group leaders meeting. This was a very spiritual event. He called the leaders and then later he addresses the people. And the very important is this, they presented themselves before the Lord. The most important person that we should seek to impress 
is not the pastors, no, no, please don't, but it's to impress the Lord. The covenant we make is not only with our local church in membership, but the first covenant, the greatest covenant, is the covenant we have made with God through the Lord Jesus Christ, who has become our Savior. And so we find Joshua now, he's calling the people together, they're probably enjoying the good life. They're probably enjoying things. The land flowing with milk and honey was theirs. But he came and he asked them and he, to present themselves before the Lord. Without wanting to sound slick, I'd like you to do that this evening. I'd like us to do that this evening, to present ourselves before the Lord. Let's pretend we are part of this group. Let's pretend that on this evening, we have been summoned before the Lord as we have. Then we go down to verse 14 and we read these words. This is what he says to the people. Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your forefathers' worship beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. But if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your forefathers served beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Then the people answered, far be it from us to forsake the Lord and serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us and our forefathers up out of Egypt from the land of slavery and performed those signs and wonders before our eyes. He protected us on our entire journey among all the nations through which we travelled. And the Lord drove out before us all the nations, including the Amorites, whose land we live in. We too will serve the Lord, for he is God. Joshua said to the people, you are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. And if you forsake the Lord and serve other gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been so good to you. But the people said, no, we will serve the Lord. There is some more verses. I'll leave that for now. This was a very solemn occasion. Here was Joshua, their leader. Here is Joshua, the man that stepped into the shoes of Moses, who had fulfilled all that God had asked him to do. And almost before he takes his retirement, before he decides my task is over, he brings this challenge to the people. It's very interesting to notice that the scripture challenges us so often about who has our heart. Luke 16, 13, no servant can serve two masters. Either we love the one or hate the other. Romans 6, 16, we can either be a slave to sin or a slave to righteousness. John 8, 31, if you hold my teaching, you are really my disciples. There is in Scripture this constant desire for each one of us, the preacher included, to come to that place where we are making Christ the most central point for us. Is that easy? I don't think it's easy. I don't find it easy. We have so many challenges. We have so many temptations, so many pressures. And yet at the end of the day, the important word here is covenant. That God has made a covenant with us through the death of his son. And I don't ask God to come in line with me. I have to get in line with God. And Joshua came to them and he speaks to them very simply. He says there, um, verse 14 again, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Faithfulness is a very important word in Scripture. 
So often at funerals of Christian believers, we will use the words that they, they have got the, um, the applause of Christ, well done, good and faithful servant. It's not successful, it's not clever, it's not flash, it's faithfulness. And here Joshua reminds the people of what their commitment is to God. And the commitment is very simple. He spells it out there for them very clearly. Now fear the Lord. I hope you're not frightened. We're not talking of a fear where we cower. It's not the fear of maybe it's a dark street and you wonder who's lurking. It's not that fear. It's not that fear you have when you see those blue flashing lights in your mirror. Why do I always think it's me when I'm doing 20 mile an hour? But never mind, there's something in us, isn't there? In that. It's not that fear. It's a fear that brings maybe a better word, reverence. That if I'm going to call myself Christian, if I'm going to be a believer, if I'm going to serve God, I have to fear God. I have to understand who he is and what he's done, his holiness and his majesty and his power. And before he cuts further into the story and begins to talk to them about their attitude, he reminds them so simply, those words there, now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. One of the things that has impressed me about this church, and so many Elam churches, may I say, I wouldn't be so shallow as to say this is the only church where I've noticed this, is the level of servanthood. Servanthood marks a church out for greatness. If you want to know what pleases the Father, be a servant because you will remind the Father of his Son, the greatest servant of all. And we as a fellowship, we are looking to serve the Lord. We are part of the Elam Fellowship. We're not seeking to serve Elam. We're certainly not seeking to serve the history of this church, Kensington Temple. We are serving the Lord. We're not serving the program. We're not serving the ministry team. Like Joshua, he reminds the people that they're serving the Lord. And that's the greatest motivation for us to live our Christian lives. Not that we want to get the applause or we want to become some position in the church. Please deliver us. Get prayer for that. That'll get you nowhere. But he reminds them that they are to serve the Lord. And how do we serve the Lord? It says in faithfulness. They have to be faithful to God. That's the big criteria. And he tells them that, that the proof of this is seen very simply. He says there, throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped beyond the river in Egypt and serve the Lord. There was something they had to do to achieve this place of dedication, this New Year's resolution to serve the Lord. God, Joshua said, now look, there's something that's got to happen. You've got to throw something away. Now, if I said to you, please, if you've got any idols with you, would you like to bring them out the front? I, well, there wouldn't be any idols here, although there are some of the pastors in this church who make an idol of their football team. Oh, Scott's not there. Okay. But, um, you know, we can have other idols. It's anything that slows us down in serving the Lord. It's anything that blocks our vision of him. If anything I have or have that is blocking my clear vision of the Lord Jesus Christ, it becomes an idol. And I need to move it to one side in that way. But there are things that we have to throw away. Here was a nation who no sooner had they left Egypt than the golden calf appeared. Here is a nation who would forget God very quickly and sadly would backslide. And he comes to them and he says, listen, you're going to serve the Lord for, with all faithfulness. But to achieve that, throw away the idols. Get rid of them. And I'd like to say very gently, very pastorally, 
If you have collected some idols on the journey, get rid of them. The Lord should have no competition. You say, well, what about my family? Love your family. But we don't love our families in the way we will love God. God, they're not in competition. In fact, the more I love God, the better husband I am. The more I love God, the better father I am. The more I love God, the better grandfather I am. It's the way it is. They're not in competition. But these people had collected idols, literally, images, wood and stone, which the Ten Commandments forbade them to have, but obviously they were there. Throw away the gods your forefathers worshipped. In my Bible, the word gods is in a small g. They weren't gods. They weren't. Please, there are no gods. There is one God, and his name is Jehovah, the Lord G- and the Lord Jesus Christ is his son. There is only one. But he calls them God with a small g because they would worship these idols. And I just wonder, friends, in this new year, is there something you have to throw away? An attitude, a behavior, an ambition that is unrighteous. I, I don't know. If I, if I produce a list, you'll pick the easiest one on it and repent for that. But that's what it's about. Listen, Israel, if you want to serve the Lord, you've got to fear him, understand who he is. If you want to serve the Lord, you've got to throw away the idols, the gods. But then he comes to them and he's quite amazing. He says to them, but you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. He says, if you want to serve the Lord, you've got to fear him, you've got to be faithful, you've got to get rid of the idols, okay? Because God cannot have or will not tolerate competition. But then he says, if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, it's up to you, then choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. Wow, what a, what a leadership. I mean, I don't know if you could do a seminar on that leadership. He says, listen, serve the Lord. But listen, if you don't want to, you don't have to. But that's obvious, isn't it? I can't make any of you serve the Lord. If you don't love him and he's got your heart, then I can't make you do it. And Joshua knew this. He could preach to them, he could shout at them, he could jump up and down. But if they didn't want to do it, it didn't, wasn't going to happen. And he says, if you don't want to do it, that's fine. You can decide today as a nation not to serve the Lord. That's what he's saying. You can take a vote if you want, that although God has brought us here, I tell you now, we don't want to serve the Lord. We want to keep our idols. And Joshua said, he was ready, he said, but if serving the Lord seemed undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve whether the gods of your forefathers served beyond the river. But then he comes to the big line here. But as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Now that's the place we need to get to. That's it. Give Joshua a round of applause. Yeah. That's the place where we need to get to. That whether you do it or not, I don't care. I'm going to serve the Lord. Whether everybody over here says we will serve the Lord and the folk over here says we won't. or the folk, Joshua said, I'm not going to be affected by what you do. You can take a vote not to serve the Lord, and I'll tell you this, I don't care what you decide, I'm going to serve the Lord and my family. And that's what the, the, the resolution was. He asked them to make a resolution to decide to serve the Lord, but he wasn't going to be intimidated by them. He was their leader. He had been chosen by God. He was going to hand that over to the tribes in, in, at a future point when he passed away. 
And there he comes and he says, I don't care what's happening around me. I don't care what you decide. I don't care what's happening in the government or what's happening here. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What a tremendous New Year's resolution. Well, I don't think it was a New Year's resolution because I don't think he ever stopped doing it to start it. But he called the people to do it. And he set leadership by saying, my life will be the Lord's. Now, what are you going to do about it? Joshua said to the people, this is what the Lord God says to you. And then he outlines the different things God At the beginning of the chapter, in verse 5, he says that God brought them out of Egypt. Verse 8, he says, God gave your enemies into your hands. In verse Romans 7.25, victory through Jesus. In Joshua, um, verses 9 to 10, Balaam's curse was turned to a blessing. Um, and in verse 13, so I gave you the land. He, you see, we don't serve God without... God doesn't turn around and say to us, I want you to serve me, I want you to be my people, without giving us some grounds to do it. And so Joshua reminds them, he brought you out of Egypt, he protected you, he, all the, the, the tribes in the land subdued them, even the walls of Jericho fell down. And I said, he gave them grounds for making the decision to serve the Lord. Now, please, I can't say that God brought me out of Egypt. I don't think, I've never been to Egypt. I can't say, I've been to Israel, but I've not been to Egypt. I can't say that God led me, but I'll know this, that the Lord Jesus Christ took me from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. I know that I don't take that, I don't have a Passover service every year. I know that the Lamb of God has died for my sins once and for all. And all I do is remember him in the communion. So God doesn't say to you, will you serve me? Because I just, it's not on an ego trip. The great thing about God is this. He will remain who he is, perfect, all-powerful, all-knowing, all his attributes are not going to be dented if you don't serve him. Who's going to lose out? Do you think God's going to sit in heaven and the angels saying, oh dear, oh dear, I hope the folk in London don't vote against God. He ain't bothered. He's God. He's supreme. What happens is we miss out as we don't bring ourselves under his lordship and his power. So having reminded them about their deliverances, their protection and their possession, he then says to them, whether you decide to do, as for me and my house, whatever you decide, he was the epitome of Christian leadership where he put his family and his own war with God first. He was more concerned what God thought than what the people thought. He didn't ask the people what they thought and then bring himself in line with it. He didn't take a poll and 75% said, we will serve God. Then he said, well, I'll serve then. No, he stood as the man he was, as the man who had led them, the man who had seen God's miracles again and again. And basically, there is no other God that could compare with him. Now, you'd think, wouldn't you, that he would be happy with the response of the people. Then the people answered, verse 16, far be it from us to forsake the Lord and serve other gods. It was the Lord our God himself who brought us out of Egypt. And they, they repeat the goodness of God. Then in verse 19, Joshua says something I find very strange. He's saying to them, will you serve the Lord? Whether you do or not, I'm going to serve the Lord. The people turn around and say, we will serve the Lord. Well, that's a good meeting, wasn't it? 
We will serve the Lord. And then Joshua says these words here. Verse 19, you are not able to serve the Lord. Hang on. He just asked them to do it. And now he's telling them they're not able to do it. You're not able to do this, to serve the Lord. For he is holy. He is jealous. He will not forgive your rebellion and sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. That's a great verse there. That God would judge them even though he'd been good to them. Don't assume that today's blessings secure your spiritual walk with God in the future. Don't say, well, God's blessing me now. He's going to bless me forever. If you backslide, if you turn back, you could be in trouble, friend. You won't lose your salvation. There's a lot of blessing out there that you're going to miss out on. And he comes to them and he says, you are not able to serve the Lord. And I thought to myself, why did he do this? Well, I think he wanted to make sure they really meant it. He wanted to remind them the one they were making a covenant with. They weren't making a covenant with him. They weren't saying, hang on a minute, we're going to serve Joshua. Serving a man is easy. Serving God is an awesome thing. And he comes and he says, you're not going to be able to do this. I know your hearts. I know what you're like. You're prone to go astray. He said, I don't think you can do it. And he reminds them, he is a holy God. And he's, with this conversation, he's raising the bar. So we serve a holy God. Are you holy or am I holy? In one sense, we are holy if we are in Christ. He has made us his own. We were unworthy, he has made us worthy. But am I holy? Do I sin? Yes. Do I fail God? Yes. But as I shared the other morning, there is now therefore no condemnation to them that are in Christ. And so he comes and he raises the bar. He wants them to understand what this is about. He says it's not just a quick Brexit, no Brexit, tea, coffee, you know, whatever. No. I don't think you can do this. I don't think you're up to it. I don't think you understand who I'm asking you to serve. I'm asking you to serve a holy God, not a, a, a golden calf that was just an excuse for immorality, not some idols that just, you know, were fertility gods or the crops or some other stupid stuff like that. He says, I'm asking you to make a resolution that you will serve God. And I've got to tell you, he's a holy God. You might not take living for God seriously, but he does. He is a holy God. Very, very important. He is a jealous God. Now, jealousy is a very negative emotion. If you suffer from jealousy, you get some help. Because as when I've been pastoring for a number of years, let me assure you, jealousy is one of the most destructive emotions I have ever come against. And uh, if you find that jealousy can overtake you, go and get some counseling, get some help, because it is powerful. So am I saying then that God is weak? No, he's a jealous God. You see, <laughs> he's allowed to be jealous because they were his people. He had called them out of Egypt. He had protected them. And he said, if you make a promise now, if you rededicate yourselves, if you make this resolution, you renew this covenant with us, with God, pardon me, then I've got to tell you that you better take it serious 
because God does. And he is holy and jealous. And if you go back into idolatry, he cannot ignore it. He cannot ignore it. He will not ignore it. There won't be a tantrum. There won't be a a green-eyed monster appearing. It will be simply the holiness of the righteousness of God stepping forward and dealing with a situation that you will have created through your idolatry. He continues a little further. He says to them there, you are not able to serve the Lord. He is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your rebellion and your sins. In other words, if you enter this covenant and you fail to keep it, there will be consequences. And if you want to know what the consequences were, they were taken into exile. Next Sunday morning, next week, I think I'm speaking in the morning, I'm going to come back Gideon and the consequences of not serving the Lord. He said, if you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he will turn and bring disaster on you and make an end of you after he has been good to you. Friends, serving God is important. Now you might say, well, Gordon, that really doesn't apply to me because we're in the new covenant. Do you know, it applies even more. We don't serve God because we hope that he will love us. We serve God because he does. We don't serve God because we hope he'll forgive us. We serve God because he has forgiven us. We don't serve God because we want to get a blessing. We are blessed and our service of him. And so although it is a different context, it's certainly a different covenant, we have the new covenant. But the basic truths are the same, that you and I need to serve the Lord with our whole hearts. Almost finished, almost finished. And then he will make an end of you after he has been so good to you. So the blessings that you enjoy, the promised land, the land flowing with milk and honey, do not think that means everything's all right. Because if you turn away from God, he will do you. And the people said to Joshua, no, we will serve the Lord. Okay. Then Joshua said, uh, very simply, um, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. In other words, I've not talked you into it. I've not twisted your arm up your back. I've told you he's jealous I've told you he's holy. I've told you that he will want you to serve him. And the deal was this, if he will be your God, if you make him your God, he will protect you. He will bless you. You'll enjoy the blessings of God. But you've entered into a covenant. You've shaken hands. You've signed the deeds. This is the deal. And now having warned them of the consequences, They respond very simply. But the people said, no, we will serve the Lord. Then Joshua said to them, you are witnesses against yourselves that you have chosen to serve the Lord. Yes, we are witnesses. So they didn't have, they couldn't turn around and say, well, somebody else. They were witnesses. They made the decision. Then Joshua said, throw away your foreign gods that are among you. And this is possibly the, the, the real point of it all. He says, they throw away the foreign gods that are among you and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. I could not talk you into it. I couldn't. Uh, even if we had violins and music and so, you know, you can't, you know, we can touch the soul, but he said, serve them with your heart. Friends, God is after our hearts. God is after our hearts. 
You have children. If your house was on fire, you, you wouldn't bother too hard. Those children have got your heart. You'd be in there to grab them. Of course you would. It's your heart, your heart. You love the heart. And that's what God's saying. Joshua's saying to them, listen, this is a heart matter. This isn't a head matter. You can make all the decisions in your head, but it isn't a matter. And get rid of the heart and yield your hearts to the Lord, the God of Israel. And the people said, we will serve the Lord our God and obey him. And on that day, Joshua made a covenant with the people. And Joshua had the things recorded in the book of the law. And he took a large stone and set it up under the oak near the holy place of the Lord. See, he said to all the people, this stone will be a witness against you. It has heard all the words the Lord has said to us. It, all the words has said to us, it will be a witness against you if you're untrue to God. And that's the deal. You've said it. We've written it down. We've put a stone up to show that you on this day, Israel, all the leaders, the elders, the whole gang of them that we heard about in the beginning, they were there. And he said, I've written it down. God's heard it. And this stone has heard it. The stone hadn't heard it, but it was a memorial stone to the covenant that was renewed that day. Get rid of the idols and serve the Lord with your heart. And you and I who know Christ as our saviour, he already has our hearts. Let not your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Heart is an important thing. Christianity isn't intellectual, although I believe we can hold our own intellectually about the, the faith that we have. It's a matter of heart. You say, oh, it's all emotionalism. Uh, well, it's not all emotions, but it is emotional. Being a Christian is emotional. Be no doubt about it. If you've never fallen in love, well, then you probably don't know what falling in love is about. But if you've fallen in love, you imagine falling in love with the Lord Jesus Christ who went to the cross and died there for us. So, church, may I ask you a question? Will you make a New Year's resolution? Will you decide this evening that although we are still in January, will you make that decision to serve the Lord with your heart. Will you say to him, Lord, I, uh, 2018 wasn't that good a year. I picked up some idols on the way, some foreign gods. Things have come into my life that really shouldn't be there. Attitudes, behavior, I don't know, can't go down through the list. Who knows what they are? Not, nothing to do with me and you and God. Throw them away. Get rid of them. Get rid of them. You know, I recently had to um, give my books away. Most of my books I gave away when I uh, retired from being a regional superintendent. And um, it was difficult. I'd pick a book up and I'd think, I'll keep that one. Then I'd pick another one. Okay. In the end, I just put them in boxes, put them in a van and took them to a missionary organisation that would use them. I just had to just... Get rid of it. I kept a few in case the wife, they're in the garage, love, all right? They're in the garage. A few of the good ones. Uh, well, I'm, I might leave them to one of you over there when I go to heaven. You know, I am going to heaven, you know, eventually. Um, but, you know, it was hard. And in the end, I just put them in boxes. 37 banana boxes of books. 37. I know, I love those books. I never read them. 
I just felt so clever looking at them, so wise. I thought, look at these books. I must be a good preacher to have all these books. That's why R.T. Kendall has so many books. It, it's to convince him that he's a good preacher. It really is. He's, did you know R.T.'s coming soon? Yeah. He's all right, really. He's all right. Will you do it? Let me stop now. Will you throw away the foreign gods? Will you yield your heart to him? And will you obey him? Because that's what it comes down to, doing as we're told. If he's got my heart, he's got my behaviour. He's got my heart, he's got me. This was way back in the promised land. And I'm asking you not to make a commitment to serve the God of Israel, although it is the God of Israel, before anybody grabs me at the door and gives me a Bible study. I'm asking you the Lord Jesus Christ, his son who gave himself for you. I'm going to ask you to do something. It's not something I do often and you probably could be surprised at me doing it. I'm just going to ask maybe if we could just pray first and then I'd like to give you an opportunity to make that resolution. Maybe you would like to say, well, Gordon, do you know what? At the beginning of this year, I'd like to rededicate myself. I'd make, like to make that resolution that this year I'm going to serve the Lord with my heart and obey him. Does it mean you'll never fail? Of course you will fail. Of course you will make mistakes. It's where the grace and the mercy of God floods in. But tonight, we're going to make that new covenant. Now I've got to say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You know, my salary, which I'm not on salary, by the way, I'm well blessed, but I'm not on salary. You know, God is very good. May I just say that, that that's not the point. I'm not selling double glazing. I don't need to sell a hundred windows. I don't need to do anything. Because as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. Are you? <laughs> I know what I'm going to do. With all my mistakes and all my humanity, I'm going to serve the Lord. But are you going to serve the Lord?